Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Please subscribe to the podcast and also please rate the podcast. Coming up, farm reporter Harry Siemens, also Burt Campbell on the Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull. But we begin the podcast with my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. I want to talk a bit about this twister, and we've got a heat wave essentially over the rest of this week where temperatures are, are going to get pretty hot. Do you think we might see any, and I know you can't predict this, but do you think we might see other severe weather that could uh, cause a twister like this one in the Alonza area? And isn't that kind of far north for a twister, or, or does that really matter? Well, it's fairly far north. It's not going to get much further north than that, but it can actually get pretty bad weather as far north as Churchill. It just depends how far the warm and moist air gets. And it wasn't a tremendous amount of moisture, but there was a it trigger mechanism with the cold front, and there was spin in the atmosphere, meaning the winds at different levels of the atmosphere were from different directions, and that's right. called helicity. And that's how you really get the tornado going if everything else is there. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's been quiet in Tornado Alley, and we're kind of at the north end of Tornado Alley, but it's been a quiet season so far, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And there was this big drop of cool air in the eastern half of Canada and the U.S. that we got a piece of, and that really settled things down because it just was cool and, you know, fairly wet. In fact, it's fairly wet in the probably the eastern third of Canada and the eastern a little more than a third of the U.S. is a Bermuda high, which not surprisingly is in Bermuda. And the clockwise circulation around that's pumping Gulf moisture up, comes into Texas, but then it curves north and then northeast, and it just misses us. So the Gulf is closed for us right now. The good side of that is we're not going to get dew points in the 20s, but it's going to limit the amount of moisture we have. We might get a shower or storm when this cools off, when you know when the heat wave breaks probably Sunday, Monday, but it may not be much, and it would be very isolated to widely scattered. I'm nervous, but let me try something tricky with the phones here, Bruce. I'm going to lock you in, and I want to bring Mike on, because Mike, I think, uh, was near that storm. Is that right, Mike? Yes, that's correct. We were just a few miles south of uh, Margaret Bruce Beach that night. And what did you see? Tell us your experience. Um, well, first off, going with the cell phones, my wife's phone got three uh, text alert messages within a couple minutes. Mine was sitting right beside hers and didn't receive those messages. And we watched the storm roll in from the west, and the clouds had looked like something I've never seen before. And then just maybe a quarter mile north of our place, uh, we actually had some rotation in the sky as well. And you got all those bright and pink red colors in the sky to come along with it. And then the uh, wind picked up, and then the rain and the hail started coming down. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 it, and you said you saw the sky didn't, you had never seen the sky look like that before. What did it look like? Uh, clouds were, uh, one set of clouds was forming like bubbles dropping down in, in a straight pattern um, in a line. And then to the north, that was right above us, but to the north, there was different layers of clouds that had, I don't know how you could describe it, other than they had no real formation. They were just all mixing and, and mingling together, hmm. and that's when the, uh, the rotation started right above us. 
Interesting. Hey, Mike, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for the call. I want uh, Bruce to talk about that now, okay? But i got to let you go. Thank you, sir. All right, excellent. And there goes Mike and Bruce. Any thoughts on what he described in the sky there? Yeah, he saw the rotation, and that's, mm. again, you have winds at different... Let's say you were standing in the parking lot at CGOB, and you're facing north. Right. And you have a 100-kilometer-per-hour wind at your chest, but then one from the east at your side that's the same speed, you're just going to make you twist, isn't it? Yeah. That's what the, is going on in the atmosphere. And so if that is along with the instability and, and you know, the other ingredients needed for big storms to develop, well, that right. is a classic condition for a tornado yeah let's talk about this heat wave or i guess i i just read the forecast and uh they're saying it here it's a special weather statement for southern and central manitoba prolonged extreme heat possible later on this week uh, any thoughts on this uh latest bout of heat that we'll see absolutely it uh it is coming it's pretty much modified air from well the desert uh, it's of course less dry than it is out there, but and less hot. But it's coming this way because they had the hot, hot weather out there, mm. and now that's spreading east. And this warm front that just came through a few hours ago came through. It went from west to east. It didn't come up from the south. It went from west to east. Notice the wind direction: west or southwest. Now that means it's not going to get terribly humid. But there'll be a little bit of humidity. But it won't be extreme. And it's going to be warmer because a west or southwest wind is warmer for us than a south or southeast wind. And so the dryness of the air, at least relatively speaking, allows it to heat up and cool off more readily. So it won't be, we won't have nights in the 20s and we won't have the stifling humidity and dew points that are out, off the charts like we had a month ago. And it's going to be hot, but it's not going to be terrible. And then I think Friday and Saturday will be the hottest days and I think it will begin to tail off early next week maybe right back down to average or maybe slightly below we'll have to see yeah so that's great news we're going to see some heat but we're not necessarily going to see a lot of humidity there may be moments of humidity days of humidity but it's not going to be real humid and right now the humidity is sitting at 37 percent and cooler nights as you said so yes some hot temperatures coming this week but it's not going to be that bad or it shouldn't be that bad no, the Humidex won't. You won't see Humidex readings of 45 or anything like that. But by, say, Saturday, Sunday, we're really going to have to watch out because the mm. grass fire danger is going to go up with the low humidity and the hot temperatures. And on some days, a you know, decent amount of wind, not tremendous, not tremendously windy, but you know that kind of wind to really be on the watch for that. Yeah, and and uh, so does that mean if we're going to see less humidity, does that mean there's less of a chance of severe weather kicking up again? Is that a, a could we say that or not? Well, yeah. Any everything else being equal, definitely the lower the dew points, the less the chance of severe weather. Mm. Also, the less the chance of any precipitation because there just isn't that much moisture around. You have a dew point of ten or fifteen. There's a lot less moisture than if you have a dew point of 22, 23. And so there's, I don't see any organized areas of precipitation. We might have a hit or miss shower or thunderstorm, say Sunday and maybe again Tuesday as the cooler air mass comes in and then gets reinforced. And those will be widely scattered at most and maybe more isolated where there's just maybe 20% coverage. And of course, you know that you can get bad weather but we'll just have to watch and see what the parameters show at that time it's too early you have to really get within a day or two uh, to look at that and, and have any degree of accuracy
Hey, and uh, Bruce, before we run out of time here, I want to ask you one more question. My lake buddy Bob just sent me a text message, and he goes, hey, if you have time, ask Bruce about the winter. I know you guys were talking about it possibly being an early winter just based on some signs in nature. Bob has read somewhere or heard somewhere that we may be in for an El Nino winter here. Have you heard any more about whether it's going to be an El Nino or a La Nina winter? Well, I've heard hints that it's going to be El Nino, which makes me think this is what might happen. We probably will get an early, some early taste of winter, maybe in October. And the first part, just like summer has been front-loaded, winter may be front-loaded too, where November, December is colder than January, February is compared to average. And so it might end up being a you know, relatively moderate January, February, March and I have to look at that. I'm going to find some more information over the next few days, and I'll have a better grasp on that once some of these things run. But um, that's what I'm thinking right now. So right. we may get an early taste, but it may not be a, a really severe winter, especially the latter half. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, sir. Sure. Talk to you later. So we were going to talk to Bert Campbell right here about the Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull, but we can't seem to get Bert on the phone. But I'll tell you what, if you know Bert, let Bert know I'm trying to find him because I started the show by saying we were hope to we were hoping to talk to Harry Siemens, but I tried calling Harry and left him a message. I didn't hear back from him. Sometimes uh, sending out messages over the radio works better than the actual phone, Harry, because now here you are because... Who texted you to tell you I was looking for you? Pastor Matt Sullivan from our church. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> I just looked at my text. And he says, "Hell, Anderson is trying to get hold of you." LOL, right? And, then, and so, uh, you know, I just called right into your studio, figured because I'm standing outside here, uh, you know, at uh, in, in close to Wilmer, Minnesota, and uh, at a farm fest, and uh, and so here I am. Excellent. Well, thanks for calling in, and thank you to pastor, uh, your pastor friend for uh, getting the message out. I should have texted you, but I just left a message thinking, oh, well, Harry's great. He'll call back, and then I got busy, and so I'll have to remember that for next time. Send a text. You might be out of the country. Before we get into what I wanted to talk to you about today, Harry, what's this Farm Fest all about? Tell us about it. It's uh, two sections. Uh, you know, you're, I'm about uh, half an hour south of Wilmer, Minnesota, and uh, it's a small community here, and but it's a huge farm fest. And it's uh, right now there's uh, congressional candidates having a forum right behind me in the in the building here. Of course, it's midterm elections. They had the big uh, another forum here in the morning. I helped a friend of mine, uh, Lynn Kettleson, who owns a number of radio stations and the most listened to farm show in the United States and in, in Minnesota here. I helped him with the noon show here and. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that's uh, it, it's great. I mean, uh, the crops in Manitoba are suffering a little bit because it was too dry. Here the crops are suffering because it was too wet. And so, uh, you know, and it's not that far away from where we are. Yeah, isn't that something, eh? Hey, before we move on, let me just say this. We do some stuff like farm festivals like you're at right now. We do some of that here, but I don't think we do enough of that. We don't celebrate farming and agriculture enough here, do we? You're absolutely right. In fact, when uh, when uh, a fellow saw that on Twitter I was going to come here, his name is Doug Kramer, from originally from Carmen. He's from uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. He says, Harry, 
He says, if I can make it out there, I want to see that farm show because he's thinking of doing one in Manitoba. And so he's asking me for some input into it. You're absolutely right. You know, we need to need to do more of the celebrating. And uh, and we were in Europe over a year ago, and we went to a couple of those really small uh, festivals, even though small, I mean, small community. And uh, boy, everybody was involved. And uh, and that's a, that's a key. Yeah. Uh, the reason I wanted to have you on today, twofold, I wanted to ask you about this hot, sunny weather we're going to have and what that now is going to mean for some areas where they're dealing with a drought. I was chatting with Mike Duguid up in uh, the Interlake last week about the hay shortage and, you know, how the, the hot weather has affected them. What is this stretch now of several days of sunny, hot weather going to do for those people that are already dealing with, if not drought, near drought conditions? I think the biggest thing we need to, con- and, and you hit the nail right on the head, uh, feed shortage, that, that's the challenge. Like, like the wheat and uh, canola and, uh, and some of those crops, you know, it's too late. Right now, those guys are going to say, you know what, I'll take the rain for some of the rest of the crop and, and uh, replenishing subsoil. But, but right now, good hot weather for the wheat and canola harvest uh, is great. You know, like that's always, uh, it comes off so quickly and so, so fast. But uh, we're short of moisture. We were short of moisture last year, but last year we had subsoil moisture to give us almost a bumper crop this year, it's not going to be a bumper crop. There'll be some areas that have had good crop, but even the early winter wheat yields that were up in the 75, 80, even 85 to 90 last year, some of those yields are like 55, 60, maybe even 35, 40, depending on areas. And I've seen some canola fields that, that are absolutely the only, you know, the crop insurance people will come in and assess the damage and, and then from there on, that's uh, what's going to have to happen. So, but at the same time, it varies. It varies so much from from quarter to quarter, from section to section, from area to area of the province. And so, uh, you know, we're going to have a good crop, but uh, the biggest challenge will be feed for cattle, and and that's always a challenge because you know you can move the wheat and barley and oats around pretty nicely, but to move straw bales around from different areas. That costs a lot of money. And the other thing I wanted to chat with you about, uh, Harry, and it's come to the forefront after that uh, twister up in the Alonsa area, and uh, no cell service. And this has been an issue for a long time in some areas. Uh, Some farmers have complained about this for a long time. We saw a life and death example of what no cell service means uh, on the weekend on Friday with this twister. But what does the lack of good cell service in some parts of the province mean for the ag industry, farmers out there, producers? There's two two areas. Number one is, is cell service. And I travel the province and have for years, and it's unbelievable when you drive in some of the most productive areas in the province and you get one bar, and yes, you may be able to make a cell call, but you can't do data. And the other thing is, you know, we have grown. You know, people, the farmers, and, and there's companies that have put together, uh, you know, programs to uh, to take pictures of crops with drones, but it isn't just pictures. It's data. It's all kinds of uh, really intense data. But you know what? If a farmer wants to do that himself, he can't even... Uh, you know, the, the files get so big, he can't send it anywhere. So it has to go, go by, by courier in order to get to the company that needs to analyze it. So, you know, it's a, it's a real challenge. Like, I, I'm here in, 
uh, Red Falls, uh, Minnesota. And I've had trouble getting enough. I like to do live feeds on Twitter. I've had trouble even here getting cell service. We had this huge Harvest for Kids event in Winkler on uh, Saturday. And, and, and you know what? It, the bar, even though you had a couple of bars on your cell phone, uh, I couldn't get on because there were so many people there that were using their cell phones in order to get a good Twitter live feed. So it's a real challenge for all of us. And it's, uh, you know, uh, you, you go east of the Red River. You go into the southeastern part of the, of the, of the province. And, and there's a, the Borderland School Division. I mean, they have buses out there that are out sometimes one and a half, two hours where there's, you know, they're away from cell service. And, and it's 35 degrees below zero. Yeah, it it uh, it's hard to do business when you're dealing with that, eh? Totally. I mean, uh, you know, it. Uh, we came through the mountains uh, in January uh, uh, in BC. We came the Coquihalla, and you know what? We had we had better cell service coming through those mountains than a lot of parts in Manitoba. And and I come from a small community of Plum Coulee. That's where I grew up. And you cannot get into Plum Coulee. Your your cell drops at about. Uh, two, three miles west, and it may pick up again halfway to uh, Horndean, which is another three miles east, and then you go north to Payne, and, and all those areas, very poor cell service. And I know exactly where there's poor and, and good cell service in the province, and I've dealt with MCS, but they, you know, even in Winkler, you know, we, we finally get, we're getting Valley Fiber. I got fiber internet hooked up uh, just uh, last week, and, and, and I you know, it was so difficult. I had 0.3 upload on my M- Bell MTS service. I got five upload, and I can do anything. I was, the first evening, I was like a kid in the candy shop. <laughs> I uploaded 100,000 pictures, images, that I wanted to put up on the, inter- on, on, on the iCloud. I couldn't do that before. I'd have to go for lunch and supper three days in a row. <laughs> I didn't know you're from Plum Coulee. Why? Well, and the reason that that I smile when I heard you say that is because, of course, uh, Peter Warren, right here years ago on CJOB, <laughs> used to make jokes about Plum Coulee, right? Yeah, and this is the joke. He would say, first prize was one weekend in Plum Coulee, second prize was two weekends." <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, well, I'm glad we connected. You know what? What? You know, it's it, it, it's a great place. I, I'm so proud of it. Uh, you know, I, I played little league hockey and, and standing in the outdoor snow uh, play, uh, players boxes, little league ball, all kinds of stuff. But at the same time, you know what? Now it's become a bedroom community of Winkler. So there's you know far more people today in Plum Coulee than there were when I grew up there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we hooked up, Harry. I'm glad you were able to uh, hear from the pastor and call in and, and know that I was interested in having you on the show today. Hey, and, and before I let you go, I just want to say publicly here on the radio how uh, sad I am that you lost your wife, Judy. And uh, I talked to you. Uh, basically, you were there caring for her at the end. And uh, you're just a great guy. You mean a lot to us here. You mean a lot to this province. And uh, all my love and uh, support harry on on the loss of judy you know what the first bouquet of flowers we got after she passed away came from uh from c yeah. and uh, and it was a good one and uh, and we really appreciated that so much i was so proud of that she would have been because she loved it when i would go on c yeah 
Well, you're a great, you're a great friend, and thank you for doing this. And we'll talk soon, Harry. You bet. Thank you very much, and right. uh, keep her going. Yes, good stuff, Harry Siemens. Thank you very much, and of course, the website is uh, SiemensSays.com. Yeah, good run. Good run. <laughs> it is Hal Anderson. That is uh, the sound of, well, I'm not sure if that was a tractor or a truck. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. But uh, joining us now to talk about the Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull is uh, Mr. Uh, Bert Campbell. Bert, uh, glad we finally got a hold of you. Thanks a lot for doing this. Hi, Al. How are you doing this afternoon? Excellent. All right. So when I saw that I was giving away uh, weekend passes for two, and we still have to give away today's uh, giveaway today's weekend pass for two, by the way. So stand by. Tough trivia coming up here. Um, I had to have you on to talk about this. So the Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull. This sounds like a big deal. It is a big deal. And for a while, oh, we were the only tractor pull in Manitoba, but lately there's a few other ones around, but... Uh, we're in conjunction with Red River Valley Tractor Pullers, and about probably two-thirds of the club is American, and then the other guys are mostly Manitobans. And when did this all start? When did the Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull begin? How many years ago? Well, we're saying it's our 44th year, but I'm, we were thinking about it the other day, and it's probably about our 46th year of tractor pulling in Toulon. So it started back in the early 70s. Yeah, and I was just saying, that's what I remember growing up in southern Alberta. Uh, tractor and truck pulls were a big deal, and that would have, for me, been 70s into the 80s a bit. Yeah, they were a lot bigger deal uh, back in those days, that's for sure, but uh, we've managed to carry on with our pull. Uh, we're really pleased to be hooked up with Red River Valley. It assures us of about 30 or 40 units every year that we don't have to start phoning guys to come to our pull and perform for us they just show up we pay for a package and we get a sled and a bunch of tractors and trucks and then we also have a lot of antiques that are local in our area and we have stock four by four pickups that the young guys figure they want to see how hard they can pull oh cool and uh yeah it's it's a really good weekend uh, it's a good five hour show each day shouldn't be five hours but it turns out to be five hours so. <laughs> yeah and some of these units are pretty souped up but as you said you're going to have some antique stuff and there's going to be some uh, amateur stuff guys just in their yep. in their four by four so that's kind of cool you got a good mix oh yeah we have uh, some of the stuff as we call them the smokers the super stock tractors and we also have the pro stock trucks that are are huge smokers they're amazing to watch we have some uh Oh, gosh, they're super stock antique tractors also that come out there. They're pretty good to watch. It's it's a great show once we get uh, the big stuff on the track. I'll bet. Uh, tell everybody the details. When does this happen? Uh, website? How do they get tickets other than winning them here with me all week? Oh, well, all our tickets are available at the gate as you come in the yard. There's no real pre-selling, and uh, the tractor pull is on the 18th and 19th of August, starting at 3 p.m. on the 18th and 2 p.m. on the Sunday of the 19th, and uh, tickets are about 20 bucks for adults and uh, ten dollars for fifth, under 16, I guess it is. So that's a good deal, so, you know, like uh, 20 bucks, uh, 10 bucks for the kids. Uh, yeah, and and obviously there's more than just tractors and trucks uh, pulling, but uh, 
I mean, that that really is a, is a great show. And people that don't know, Bert, maybe explain how this works because as you pull it, the weight goes further ahead and it gets harder to pull, not easier. Yeah, that's right. There's a friction plate on the ground and then a set of rails with a heavy weight on the back. And as you go forward, and depending on the power of the truck that, or tractor that's pulling, it could go fast, faster to the top or slower. If it's like a 4 by 4 stock pickup, it goes really slow. And as the weight progresses up to the front, it applies more friction to the plate underneath and makes it harder to pull. And whoever goes the furthest is the winner. And it's the track is 300 feet, but um, I think a lot of them pull to 320, 340 feet. Now, we don't stop them anymore because we used to do pull-offs. But a lot of them pull through that 300 feet now, so we just let them go, and whoever gets out to the end, they're the winner. Let them go to Bozizier if they want. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's, uh, number seven highways right there. If you That's can get right. over that, you're good to go. You're good to go. What else is happening yeah. out in uh, Toulon? Talk a bit about the community. If we come out there for the tractor and truck pull, what else can we do? Um, well, that weekend, we're, we pretty well have that weekend. The weekend after is the rodeo. It's a Heartland Rodeo Association. Uh, it's a sanctioned rodeo they have in Toulon, and it's just a week after our tractor pull. And uh, next year is going to be a big year in Toulon. I might as well pump that right now. Yeah. you give me a minute or two is our sure. centennial. And the centennial will be held on the July long weekend. Uh, we will have Canada Day on the last day of the weekend. But Toulon uh, will be 100 years old in 2019. Oh, a happy birthday, happy anniversary. And we talk a lot on this show about food. I don't know why we do, but we do. And I remember, I can't remember if it was a good burger or a bakery or something, but somebody was talking about food out in Toulon. Is there something worth mentioning out there when it comes to food? Oh, well, of course, all the restaurants have great food. We have the best Chinese food north of Winnipeg at the hotel and we have a blue skies bakery that has fresh baking every day. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And yeah. And our, you know, it's, uh, we have the top, one of the top five rural golf courses in Manitoba there in Toulon. And yeah. it's, you know, when you tell somebody you're from Toulon, Oh, well, I've golfed there. I know yeah. that's a great spot to go. So yeah. Right. Hey, Bert. So Toulon is growing slowly and we're yeah. 25 minutes north of the perimeter on route 90 and turns into number seven highway. And it's, uh, Good highway all the way out, and we welcome everybody that comes. Yeah, real close, great little community. And, and Bert, I really appreciate you telling us about the tractor, uh, truck and tractor pull, Toulon International Truck and Tractor Pull. Again, it's on August 18th and 19th. And uh, thanks a lot for telling us about it. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for the time, Alan. You have a good day. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.